This is The Wrap, a weekly show where we wrap up the week with a recap of some of the highlights in the film and TV world. I'm your host this week, TJ Draper. On Monday, I posted a link to an article on Film.com where the writer asked the question, Did Pixar and Disney switch brains? This was asked in the context of the just-released Disney animation film, Wreck-It Ralph. And it's a good question. I think there were some signs of troubled waters with Cars too. Not exactly Pixar's best work. And then Brave happened. While I have not seen Brave myself, I was deep in the throes of writing the code that runs MovieBite when the film came out. Several people I know, and many critics, have derided Brave as Pixar's worst work, and not a good film. On the other hand, Wreck-It Ralph has many of the classic characteristics of Pixar's best works, right in the same league as Toy Story, Cars, Monsters, Inc., and more. Looking at the credit list shows some talent behind the scenes of Wreck-It Ralph that have also been names around Pixar as well, not the least of which is John Lasseter. And while we are on this subject, Joseph's brother Nathaniel was thinking along similar lines, although his theory in jest was slightly different. He believes that the studios swapped name credits for the films Brave and Wreck-It Ralph. It is a fun theory. Disney is a studio that does princess stories, and Pixar is the studio that does life from the perspective of fill-in-the-blank. Also on Monday, I linked to a MovieLine.com article about Damon Lindelof, writer of Prometheus, among other things, and his ideas for Star Wars Episode Seven. He posed a storyline, for instance, where Chewbacca's great-great-grandson is named Drewbacca and must overcome his allergies to lasers and meat. In another suggestion, he thought perhaps Yoda's ghost would get annoyed by Obi-Wan's ghost for too much whining and they might fight with ghost sabers. As I mentioned satirically when I linked to this fun story, either of those would be better than anything we saw in the prequels. On Tuesday, I linked to a TV Line article announcing the date of the Fringe series finale. Yes, that's right, all good things must come to an end. And Fringe's end date is set for January 18, 2013. It's been a good run, and I'm sad to see it go. Also on Tuesday, I found a YouTube video of Mark Hamill talking about the future of Star Wars from 1983. It was geeky and nerdy and loads of fun. You should watch it. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, prepare yourselves for what may be the longest segment of today's episode. Upon my recommendation in episode 16 of the Movie Bite podcast, Joseph discovered Machete Order and wrote a little bit about it. For someone who is continually claiming and lording over me just how much more of a Star Wars nerd he is, it's a little suspicious that he's never heard of this before. Regardless, the original article on Machete Order is a great read, as is Joseph's article, and I recommend you read both. Boiled down, here is what Machete Order is all about. There are two obvious choices for the order to watch Star Wars in. Release order or episode order. Now be warned, you are about to hear spoilers for Star Wars. But hopefully anyone within listening distance of this podcast has seen all six episodes by now. There are actually flaws with either of the obvious choices. Episode order messes up the surprise that Vader is Luke's father. Watching in release order rounds off the story with the climax of the Empire being overthrown before you watch the prequels, lessening the impact of the prequels. Machete Order proposes this. First, watch episodes 4 and 5, then watch episodes 2 and 3, then top it off with the climax by watching episode 6. You will note about this order something you may find peculiar. Episode 1 is not listed. Episodes 2 and 3 
aren't great, but they are leaps and bounds better than Episode 1. Episode 1 is the most colossal error ever foisted upon the Star Wars universe. The acting is terrible, with the exception of Liam Neeson, the directing is awful, the special effects are cheesy, and the story is boring. But we have been rendered a favor in that Episode 1 is completely unnecessary to the Star Wars universe. Search your feelings. You know this to be true. And the upshot is, you get virtually no Jar Jar, no chlorines, no Jake Lloyd as young Darth Vader, no confusing Padme Queen switching, no confusing Master-Apprentice relationships, and fewer characters to complicate the plot lines. And no virgin birth. We don't know or care who Anakin's father is, and the subtle implication that it's Palpatine is now gone. So now, by watching episodes 4 and 5, you start with great films and great story, and you fall in love with the universe. And then Vader gets to drop his huge bomb about being Luke's father. And then you go back and get the backstory in episodes 2 and 3. You see the path Anakin took to the dark side, and you see the angst and the parallel course that Luke might also be on. Then we conclude with episode 6, where we see Luke doing some strange things— Force-choking, wearing black, giving away the droids, telling Jabba that he can either profit from the ultimatum he's given or be destroyed, and not to underestimate his power. All this, now with the framing of episodes 2 and 3, lead up to one thing. Luke is on the path to the dark side. It works very well in the context of the story. Read the whole article. It is well worth it. On Wednesday, I posted a link to Entertainment Weekly with some box office stats. Wreck-It Ralph brought home the bacon for sure, with a $49.1 million bang out of the gate. And Flight didn't do too poorly either for the type of film it is, at $25 million. Perhaps more surprising, but in a good way, is Argo, at $10.2 million in its third week out. Argo was a great film, and it's good to see it doing well. Speaking of Flight, I released my review of the film on Wednesday as well. Summing up the film in one sentence is easy. Flight is a film about substance abuse. But the drugs and alcohol are not the only adult things in this film. This film starts off right out of the gate with Whip, played by Denzel Washington, in the bedroom with a flight attendant. They're having a good time drinking and doing drugs, and they're not wearing any clothes. Viewer, be warned. I found Flight to be a decent, if not altogether satisfying drama. It's certainly worth seeing for the acting performances alone, which I found to be top-notch. For the full details of what I did and didn't like, be sure to see my review. I gave Flight 3 of 5 stars. On Thursday, I posted a short article about my experience watching Wreck-It Ralph in 3D. I have avoided 3D successfully until now, considering it to be gimmicky. In short, I felt I was correct in that judgment and don't plan on seeing films in 3D anymore if I can help it. It did not further the story or plot in any way, but it did strain my eyes and give me a headache. Also on Thursday, I posted a mini-review of Revolution and their partial reveal of what's going on with the whole blackout business. I am actually quite pleased with Revolution so far, and while I don't know if I consider it as good as Fringe yet, it does help fill the gap Fringe is going to leave behind. In other news on Thursday, the upcoming Marvel Avengers Universe TV show, titled S.H.I.E.L.D., is reported to be starting production in January. You can be sure I'll be eagerly tuning into that show when it premieres. Joseph and I released episode 17 of the Movie Bite podcast on Thursday, where we talk about some Star Wars stuff. Sorry, you just aren't going to get away from that for a while. And the fact that Matthew Vaughn is rumored to be in the running to direct. We also talk a little bit about Machete Order, and then we briefly discuss The Amazing Spider-Man coming out for home entertainment this week, 
Then we get to the meat and potatoes, Wreck-It Ralph and Flight. Considerably more time was spent on Wreck-It Ralph. It was a fun discussion, and we hope you tune in to listen. Today, which is Friday, November 9, I posted a trailer to Schwarzenegger's upcoming film, The Last Stand. It looks like he still can't act. Joseph also released his review today of Wreck-It Ralph. He gave it four stars. So head on over to Movie Byte to check out Joseph's review. It's a good review. And while I personally would have given the film four and a half stars, four stars seems quite fair. The link will be in the show notes. And now I also want to encourage you to check out Movie Byte's giveaway. We're giving away an HDTV. Movie Byte has been a smashing success, and Joseph and I are having a lot of fun. We really love what we're able to do with Movie Byte, with the podcast, reviews, articles, links, news, and the like. But in order to keep doing what we're doing, we have to grow our audience. And what better way to do that than to give away something? It's fun for us, and it's great for you. If you haven't done so, make sure you sign up for the giveaway. And be sure to share the site and the giveaway with your friends. The point is to get MovieByte's audience to grow. And if you share with your friends or post it to Facebook or Twitter, it will help us out a lot. You can find out more and sign up for our giveaway at moviebyte.com slash giveaway. And those are what I consider the highlights of the past week. You can find all the links in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash three. To keep up with all the news from MovieByte, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at MovieByte. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieByte. And of course, you can visit the website where we post daily at MovieByte.com. I'm TJ Draper, and I've been your host this week. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>